Everyone is fit to be a male to do the circumcision. Even a person himself is not circumcised, for example, because uh, for health reasons. The Evan or a slave, a male slave, the Isha or a woman, the cotton or a minor. Uh, may all do the bris if there's no adult male. A non Jew, an idolater, should not do the bris If he does the circumcision, there is no need to perform a second circumcision. Uh, in other words, to draw blood for the sake. Uh, although the Raman probably would. The fact is, the person has been circumcised, he's not uncircumcised. But the Raman would probably agree that, it, that there has to be an extraction of blood. As is done if a person is born circumcised. With Akrel Mullen, all tools can be used for a brismila. Filo Bitsur, even uh, Tsur is like is a, a flint, which is a kind of a chalky rock. With Chuchias or glass, of a Choldov Shakurs, anything else which cuts. However, one should not do brismila with the sharpened side of a reed. Because of the danger involved if it splinters. Mitzvah the best way to do the mitzvah is to use iron. They whether it's a knife, they misrime or scissors. The general custom among Jewish people is to use a knife, an iron knife. How is circumcision done? You cut away all the skin that covers the tip of the organ. Until the entire tip is revealed. Then afterwards you peel away the thin skin, the membrane, which is under the uh, under the under the foreskin, by using your nail, and you uh, uh, bring it to uh, peel it back to either side. Until the flesh of the crown is revealed, to be is visual, seen. Afterwards, uh, you draw, you suck the place of the circumcision. Until you draw all the blood, even from the uh, uh, for the further parts. This prevent. This is done to prevent any danger. Uh, in the times of Ramam, it was believed that doing so uh, would cause uh, would, would, that not not doing so would cause uh, possibly the blood to swell and uh, the suction remove remove the blood removes the blood that would cause that danger. A contemporary medical opinion varies. I don't know much about that, but uh, suffice to say that's the Rambam, Rambam who's a doctor. Obviously, that was his uh, opinion, and this seems to be the tradition Jews always have. Therefore, anybody who does not do the metzitzah, does not uh, draw the blood with his mouth, he should be removed from his position as a male. After you draw the blood with your mouth, you put a bandage on it, or a, or a compress. Anything similar to that, that uh, type of device in order to uh, begin the healing process. There are some strands of skin that prevent the mila from being legitimate. So if the person does the bris mila and there remains some strands of the foreskin, that can prevent the bris mila from being uh, valid. There are some strands of skin that even though they're not ideal to be left, they do not prevent the bris mila from being valid. Kate said, for example, if there still remains some strand of the foreskin, even if it's very thin, but it it uh, covers the majority, 51% of the height of the tip of the crown this person is considered uncircumcised as he was in the past this is this piece of skin is considered a strand of skin that prevents the meal from being valid if only a smaller 
piece remains. In other words, less than the majority of the height of the tip of the crown. In this case, that's a strand of skin that is not prevented from being valid. It's still a kosher. Hamal, if someone does a, does a circumcision, calls Manshe Sukhamila while he's still involved in performing the circumcision, then he can uh, continue or, or return to, to perfect the Bersmila, uh, to return to the process, regardless of whether or not it is a piece of skin that prevents the Bersmila from being valid. Perish, once he formally finishes and, 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 and stops, separates himself from doing the Bersmila, so then in that case, Alma says, so in that case, uh, for those strands of skin that uh, prevent the Bishmila from being valid, he would go back and, and, and perfect it by cutting them away. However, those strands of skin that do not prevent it from being valid, so those which can which are even if left there, the person is considered still circumcised. He does not uh, return to remove them. Uh, it's not clear if the Ramah means he does not have to or he's actually not supposed to. If a person does the brismila by cutting away the foreskin, but he does not peel away the thin membrane under the foreskin, it's as if the circumcision was never happened. So it's an integral, crucial part part of the brismila. Of course, if a person did it and and, and, and did the brismila without uh, the, the priya, uh, he would have to go back and do it. A child whose skin is extremely soft or very... Uh, it, um, Hangs very loosely. I show you Balbasar, who was very heavy. Until it visually looks like incorrectly, he's not circumcised, although, he's, although he was. In order to determine whether or not he has to have a new bismillah, you have to see the child when he has an erection. If he appears circumcised to the onlooker, nothing is necessary. However, you have to uh, correct the flesh on either side because of. Maris ayin, the appearance of the eye, meaning the idea that when something looks like it's wrong, even though it's not, there's an obligation to make sure the person is not doing something which appears like he's uh, incorrectly uh, or, 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 or being incorrect or not following the Torah. So, for example, uh, putting power of cheese on a hamburger. So, if you hear, having the appearance of your skin as uncircumcised is Maris ayin. Uh, this correction of the skin on either side presumably means a minor, minor, uh, just uh, cutting away the uh, um, uh, small pieces of the skin that are still covering, or look like they're covering the uh, the uh, the membrane or the uh, the crown, or possibly it means the idea of having a bandage which holds the skin back so that it continues to, as a child grows, he'll, he'll grow. Uh, uh, in, in a way that the skin will move into position so he looks circumcised. However, if when he has an erection he does not appear circumcised, in that case he must actually cut away whichever flesh is hanging loose on other sides until the, he must make sure that the crown appears during an erection. This whole issue is rabbinic. Biblically, even though he looks uncircumcised, since he did have a bris, there's no need to do any second circumcision. That's biblically. If a person has to do a bris meal on Shabbos, all the necessities may be done, even though they would otherwise violate the Shabbos. You peel away the membrane and you draw out the blood with your mouth. 
and you continue to do the brismila, returning to 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 perfect it, even though you stopped. If the alfisha uh, you stopped regarding that's regarding, of course, pieces of skin which prevent the mila from being. Uh, uh, Valid, even for those pieces of skin which do not prevent the bismuth from being valid. Again, assuming in the second case that he did not stop the formally end the act of the bismuth. Uh, you must put a, and put a bandage on it, even though, again, that's considered refuah, which is not allowed on Shabbos. Uh, uh, the idea of medicine, medicinal uh, treatments. However, preparation for the bismuth, Shabbos does not displace the Shabbos. Case of example, they could not have it. They could not find find the knife. In any sacrament Shabbos, you may not make a knife on Shabbos because that's something which can be done before Shabbos. You can't even you cannot bring the brismila. Uh, excuse me, bring the knife from one place to another if it entails carrying in public in the public domain. Even if if you're going to have to carry through a courtyard with no eruv, in which case the carrying is only rabbinic prohibition, you may not do so by carrying it from one courtyard to another. The rabbinic prohibition of not carrying without an eruv is not displaced in order to bring the knife, since it's possible to bring the knife before Shabbos, and, they, uh, and th- 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 so therefore, uh, that does not... This place, even the rabbinic prohibition of carrying in a rabbinic context. Now, even if they actually brought the knife and they lost it or something happened to it, presumably they would still not be able to uh, bring the knife through a, 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 a rabbinic carrying context because, again, uh, these are all things you have to ensure to take care of to the best of your ability. And if you can't, then you can't. But the fact is, is that the mila, the, these machshir mila, things which are preparations for the mila, do not override the Shabbos, even if it's a rabbinic in nature, a rabbinic prohibition. You may not uh, grind uh, herbs for whatever medicinal value you have, uh, you want to use them. Uh, you may not heat up water on Shabbos. You may not make a compress or a bandage or a compress. You not mix wine or oil together on Shabbos. These are all things that are, that are forbidden on Shabbos, generally. And uh, uh, that, does, that that prohibition remains in place even if there's a bris uh, If a person... So these are all things you have to do before Shabbos. Now, if a person did not grind the uh, 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 cumin uh, before Shabbos, uh, and it has some medicinal value to it. So layers machine of nation, there's a way to to chew on it and then you can apply it to the wound. Uh, that's a prohibition that that's considered an abnormal activity and that was allowed. Now normally doing a malacha on Shabbos that's forbidden uh, scripturally uh, biblically is is allowed biblically if it's done in an abnormal fashion. Uh, but it's still rabbinically forbidden even even if you do it in an abnormal fashion. Over here the Chachamim allowed us to chew the cumin which is doing the malach in an abnormal fashion uh, as an exception to the rule because they're being used for remedy, apparently. The Ramam expounds upon this in Hilchas Shabbos. Presumably combined with the fact that cumin is actually edible, so chewing it is not uh, such an abnormal thing. Uh, okay. So, you may chew with your teeth and then and put it on the place on the wound because the act of chewing it is not just it's not considered abnormal grinding, it's just a process of part of 
possibly eating it. If they did not mix the wine and the oil together to make a um, uh, additional uh, uh, medicinal um, potion, um, in that case, you can apply them separately. Here's the principle. Anything which could be done before Shabbos started, any Shabbos does not displace the Shabbos. It may not be done. If they forgot, did not prepare the, all the necessary preparations, let the bris be pushed off to the ninth day to Sunday. And they prepared everything except then somehow the uh, hot water got spilled over or the uh, herbs were scattered. They were poured out. Once it happened to you, everything from Shabbos and it's dangerous for the child not to have these necessary treatments. In a place where the custom is to wash the child, you may wash him on Shabbos uh, if, if he's circumcised on Shabbos, whether it's before the circumcision, or after the circumcision, or if the third day of the circumcision falls out on Shabbos. In all these cases, you may do the, uh, the, uh, the washing. Whether you're washing uh, the entire body of the child, or you're washing the, just the place in the circumcision. Whether it's hot water that was heated before Shabbos, or it's hot water that was heated on Shabbos. Because again, all these cases is dangerous for the child, and therefore, if the bris was done already, or any other cause, uh, any other, or it's a third day of the bris uh, and we realize he needs this, he needs this thing, uh, the, the washing of the hot water for uh, uh, basic health health necessities. Uh, you may do so because again, a child who just had a brismila is considered a matzav of sakana. They forgot to bring the knife before Shabbos. You may tell a non-Jew to bring the knife on Shabbos. So even though you cannot make a knife or carry it through a public domain, even if it's rabbinic in nature, you are allowed to have a non-Jew carry the knife. Provided he does not carry it through a public domain, that's biblical. Uh, so the non-Jew is bringing the knife and he's bringing it through a place that if a Jew would bring it, it's only a rabbinic prohibition. That's allowed for the purpose of the mitzvah of Bismillah. Here's the principle, says the Any behavior that on Shabbos the Jew is forbidden to do, but it's a rabbinic prohibition rather than biblical. We are allowed to tell a non-Jew to do it on Shabbos. Do the mitzvah of milah in order to do the mitzvah of milah at its proper time. But anything which a Jew may not do on Shabbos, as a biblical prohibition, as a malacha, also we may not tell a non Jew to do it for us on Shabbos, and therefore the bismillah would, even if it means pushing off the bismillah. This tells you, shows you the strength of the uh, rabbinic prohibitions, that even though there's a biblical mitzvah of milah, uh, Nevertheless, the rabbinic prohibition may not be over, over, overridden, and instead the bismillah is pushed off to Sunday. Yud, preparation for the bismillah. even if the bismillah having the proper time, and do not push away yomtiv either. even since those things can be done before yomtiv. So not only does it not push away, push, away, push away Shabbos, whose violation involves capital punishment, it does not push away uh, this place. The, the the holidays, even though there's no capital punishment, it's a logical matter. Uh, if Mila does not push away the rabbinic prohibitions of Shabbos, which are of course rabbinic, how could it push away their negative prohibitions that are biblical violation of Yontif? 
Therefore, obviously, if it can't push away uh, rabbinic violations of Shabbos, it cannot push away biblical violations of Yontif. However, there are certain things you may do on Yontif, like, for example, grinding herbs for the compress. However, look at there. Since, in theory, those herbs are fit to be are edible, we're talking about edible herbs. So, therefore, what you, essentially what you're doing can be considered a preparation of food in theory. So therefore, uh, even though you're doing it for a different purpose, it's not edible, it's allowed as well. It seems that uh, grinding herbs that are not for the purpose of eating, since in theory you could eat them, and in, in, in theory you may actually use some of them for the food, if you choose to, so therefore doing it, even though you know you're doing it for the purposes of, of circumcision, is a rabbinic prohibition, but the Chamim waived that in in, in uh, interest of the Brismila. Uh, and again, you may mix wild and oil together for the same purpose, uh, because it's only a iser derabanon, a big prohibition. It's it's a, it, and it's and it's theoretically usable for food for edible purposes. It's waived for bris